welcome to the AOL podcast. Let's dive right into this week's message. Well, I know I say it every week, but I, I'm the one preaching, so I can say it again. David said this, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. How many of y'all thankful to be in the house of the Lord today? Amen. There's a lot of places you could be, but thank God you are in the house of the Lord. It's good to see Andrew. Amen. I want to tell you, last time I saw him, he was basically fighting for his life in a, in a, in a bed. And uh, he had surgery in Houston last week, awake the whole time. He just told me they had neurological surgery, kept him awake asking him questions. And they gave him a quiz of the Bible, and he answered every one of them. And so... Uh, it's a miracle that he's with us, and God's going to continue to do a work in Daniel's life. And God's not through, um, um, sorry, not Daniel, with Andrew. I'm talking about Daniel. I'm looking at Andrew. But in Andrew's life, Andrew Ramirez, and thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in him. So we've been talking about living a marked life. And if you haven't been here over the last uh, couple of weeks, last week we, t- we were here and we had the testimonies from Florida. And uh, how many of y'all ready to go to Florida? Florida, from Africa, man, alive. I've got Florida on the brain, Daniel on the brain. How many of y'all ready to go to Africa? All right, amen. Uh, thank God for the testimonies that happened last week, what happened, God did there, and God is continuing to do, right, Pastor? And so um, you'll have an opportunity to do that. But if you have your Bibles, open them to Daniel chapter 1, page 936 in your Bible. And uh, we've been in the series called Marked. This last week we were traveling. We were in the Savannah airport coming home. And there was a young man that was in front of me. And I was looking at the stature of him standing in front of me. And I thought to myself, well, I didn't think to this. I said it out loud. Hoorah. And he turns around. I knew for a fact by the way the man was standing that he was a Marine. I also guessed it because of the baggage that he had. My boy, Noel, he had the same baggage when he came home from boot camp. And so uh, I, I said, you're a Marine, aren't you? And he said, yeah, how could you tell? I said, haircuts don't lie. <laughs> I know a jarhead when I see one, all right? Nothing against jarheads. As he was standing there, I, I, could just, I could tell the way he was standing. I could see from his haircut, the way he conducted himself. He was a, um, a drill instructor at Paris Island just right down the road. And just his jawline, I remember when we went to see Noel in San Diego, all the drill instructors, it's like they had the same square bulldog face. And, and so uh, I was looking at him, and I thought to myself, this is a great analogy, because what we're looking at in the book of Ezekiel here is a time in history. It comes in Jeremiah chapter 36, is a prophecy that the Lord said this, You stopped serving me, and so what I'm going to do, God uses the prophet Jeremiah to go to the people of, he goes to the the king, Jehoiakim, and he tells him, he said, because you're not living by the principles and standards of my word, I'm going to take my hand off of you. Just like in Job. How many of y'all know uh, uh, the enemy couldn't have Job until he asked for him and he took the hedge off of it? How many of y'all know the Bible says in Psalm 91 and verse 1, he who abides in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. How many of y'all know because of the things that are going on in our life that may be hell, it's because we open the door to hell in our life? Am I going to get amens from anybody this morning? Sometimes it's not. There is an enemy that comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and there is evil things that are in the earth today. But lots of times we can look back and see of these doors that we open up to the enemy. 
I know you're going to not shout me down when I'm preaching good, but this is what happened in the book of... We see this in Jeremiah and the people of Israel. He said, because of this, he writes a prophecy out, Jeremiah 36, put it on a scroll, goes to the king. He says, this is what will happen. There will be a king from the north, from Babylon, that will come and take your people exile for over 70 years. And the first way that he came and did this was the book of Daniel. Now, we read the story in Ezekiel chapter 9 of the mark that we put on the foreheads. So that was the second wave of people. <clears throat> this is around 605 B.C. And so we get to, to this particular text right here. And we see about Daniel. <clears throat> we see on his life that there is a mark. We see that there are some things that stand out to culture. There's the, what I love about the book of Daniel is this. Not one time did he compromise. Not one time did he give in to the world, but, but he also was one who made a difference. See, you might be someone who stands up, but if you stand up and don't make a mark, then you're going different of what God's called us to do. How many of y'all know you can't make a difference unless you are different? Let me say that one more time. You can't make a difference unless you are different. And as I was looking at this young man, I was seeing marks on him that told me he was a Marine before I knew he was a Marine. Why? Because of everything on the outside that painted the picture to me that this young man was a Marine. The way he conducted himself, the jawline, the haircut. Also the sign on the back of Semper Fidelity <clears throat> of, of a Marine. It ought to be the same way with us people of God. People not, should not ask us whether we carry the mark. There should be visual evidence to the world that the mark is on the inside of us. That we're marked and sealed. Ephesians chapter 1. Sealed by the Holy Spirit. How many of y'all know... Aren't you thankful that you carry the mark of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you? You don't have to question. I'm, I'm telling you, I, I saw a documentary on cowboys in, um, uh, what's the cowboy from Tongue River? It's been there forever. But what is his name? Huh? TJ. They, they, they asked him in this documentary, they said, what, what do you think about these cowboys that dress up? He's basically talking about drugstore cowboys that have wear a hat and boots and, and they're not cowboys. He goes, well, I think it's awfully romantic. But if I'm downtown New York City, you could strip a cowboy of nothing on him. And I could tell you whether or not he's a cowboy. The way he acts, the way he dresses, the way he conducts himself. Come on, we as a people of God, people on the outside ought to know whether or not Jesus lives on the inside of us. Come on, I don't know about you, but I want to bear the mark. Come on, I want to bear the brand. I mean, I want to bear the brand of Christ living on the inside of you. Your coworkers shouldn't ask whether or not you're saved. They ought to know you're saved. People that you work with, uh, your neighbors, all those people ought to know that. So we get to the story of Daniel chapter 1. And if you were here a couple weeks ago, you saw of how this starts out. <clears throat> in Daniel chapter 1 and verse 1, it says, In the mid-year, the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, the king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. Nebuchadnezzar thinks he's all that by coming down and besieging Jerusalem, but it's everything that the Lord put in place, not what he did. So he comes down and he, he takes the articles of God. It's blasphemy. It's, it's uh, mockery of the things of God. And how many of y'all know when you mess with the Lord, you're messing with something big? And so what happens is, is he takes all of these people and he sets aside the uh, young men. And in these young men, we know them as... Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And he says in verse 4, he tells them, he, we see this, that they have no blemish, and they're handsome in their appearance. They're skillful in all wisdom, endowed with intelligence and discernment, and quick to understand, competent to stand. And 
and able to serve in the king's palace, he also ordered Ashpenaz to teach them the literature and language of the Chaldeans. So he's telling them, this is what I want you to do. I want you to drink my drink. I want you to eat my food. The books that you, you were raised in your Hebrew culture are no longer of that. I'm painting a picture of what's happening because the devil has no new tricks. The same thing in 2023, we have to be very careful of the things our kids are learning in our schools. I'm so thankful for Arena of Life Christian Education where they are taught the principles and teachings of the Word of God. Amen. And if your kid is in, uh, in public school, I, I pray this, that they will have a mark on them sealed by the Holy Spirit to make a difference for such a time as this. But the Bible says they take them in and they change their names. If you are here, you will know this. When you carry the mark, the enemy will always try to do this, and he's still doing it today. He changed the name of these four Hebrew people. He changed the name of them, not from, from Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. He changed them to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. When you bear the mark, the enemy will always try to change your identity. You know we're living in a world today where the identity of people is being changed. There is something against it. I, I, read, this, uh, I read this statistic. How I many I mean, y'all know there is a war on families today? Amen. There's a war on families. I read this statistic this week. The war on family continues. A projection that 45% of all U.S. women in their prime working years will be single and childless in 2030. This play, this woke manipulation of power to women. And I believe women are powerful, but this... Uh, how many of y'all know a woman and a woman can't bear a child? A man and a man can't bear a child. What is it doing? It's coming against the family structure. God set it up in the book of beginnings, Genesis. You may not feel this way, but we believe the word of God here. We love homosexuals, but we hate homosexuality. You can, I, I, I was walking by a church, a woke church in Savannah, Georgia the other day, and it said this, love doesn't read fine print. They didn't read 1 Corinthians 12 that they will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's the fine print that they're talking about. I want to tell you here at Arena of Life, we believe the full counsel, the fine print of everything of the word of God from Genesis all the way to the book of Revelation. But there's an identity crisis out there trying to have he's and him's and they's and them's and she, hers. It's demonic is what it is. And it's the same trick that was happening all these years ago in the book of Daniel is the same thing that's happening today. <clears throat> a second thing that happened was he said, I want you to drink my drink, eat my food. I want you to read my books. The enemy, when you bear the mark, the enemy's still trying to do this today. He's trying to get you to compromise your morals and your standards. We're living in a world today where theft is going absolutely crazy, right? I, I just was watching in, in the lobby this last week on the television that retailers... that. We, they are suggesting that in America alone, retailers, because they're just letting these people go in and take everything. Targets. I mean, it's happening in the world. But retailers are going to lose more than $100 billion just this year. Um, the school at Yale. I, I don't know anything about Yale. I know that uh, the girl on the show went to it. What was the show? What was Gilmore the, Girls. Gilmore Girls. Whatever her name was. I know she went to Yale. It's an Ivy League school. I've seen all the episodes. I feel like a loser telling you that, but I love my wife. All right? And in Ivy League school. But in this amazing, in, in the school orientation this week, they had a Grim, Grim Reaper 
on, on the front of it. And the first thing that happened was the police department from New Haven came and said this. Said, in the last nine months, I want your Ivy League students to be careful because in the last nine months, murder has doubled. Car theft has went up 56% and burglaries have happened 33%. Crime is avid in the streets. And there's people that, because, uh, because the economy going so high, they feel like it's okay to do it. How many of y'all know we can never compromise the morals and standards and teachings of the Word of God? Amen? Amen? Amen. I'm not going to drink their Kool-Aid. I'm not going to eat their food. And I'm not going to believe their books. Are you hearing me this morning? Crime. Talking about crime. I was so excited to go to Savannah, Georgia and go to Chippewa Square where Forrest Grump sat on the park bench. I wanted to sit there with, oh, with a box of chocolates and a pair of Nikes. And Brandy, take my picture. One of my favorite movies of Tom Hanks of all time. And sit there and say, if I remember back, I can remember my first pair of shoes. And talk to the imaginary person there. But they don't have the park bench there anymore because it's amazing what high school kids can do with alcohol and pickup trucks. They tried to take Forrest Gump's bench and they took it away. I'm mad about it, but I'm moving on. But when you bear the mark, that's why it's so important to be in the house of God and know what the word of God says to do for you and your family because we are not going to compromise the morals and teachings of the word of God. Are you hearing me this morning? Here's the third thing is this. And so he told him, he said, well, I'm not going to drink it. I'm not going to eat it. The Bible tells us in verse 8, but Daniel made up his mind. You're going to have to make up your mind as a society. You're going to have to make up your mind as a child of God. You're going to have to make up your mind as a church that I'm not going to defile myself to the king's fashions. Amen. We're not going to do that. We're we're. We're, we're, I'm going to make up my mind. I'm going to stand for what is right. I loved it. The man in Texas in Fort Worth, well, I didn't love what happened, but I love that he went to a school board meeting just last week. You, those of you that watched the news, you saw what happened. He went just last week. He picked a book out of his kindergarten's library called Flamers and read it to the school board meeting, and they kicked him out because, it was, uh, because of the content that was inside the book. Well, if it's not good enough for the grown-ups inside the school board meeting, how many of y'all know it's not acceptable to the kindergartners inside the class? And they kicked him out. This is garbage. Here's the deal. You need to know this. So Daniel says this. I'm not going to do it. But you watch me for 10 days and you watch your other people for 10 days. He said, all right, we'll test you. You need to know this. We're coming into a culture. We're already here. But I'm preparing you. If you're going to be a marked person, marked by the Holy Spirit in your life, testing will come. Your faith will be tested. Not once, not twice, but it will be tested. But I'm telling you, he said, I'm going throughout the sanctuary. The eyes of the Lord, the Bible says in 2 Chronicles, the eyes of the Lord going to and fro, looking for those who bear the name of Christ. And I want to be one that as he looks across the land that says Travis Bennett and his home and his household stands. No matter what goes on in the world. Can I tell you, garbage is coming. I'm not telling you that by faith. I'm telling you that because Matthew 24, Jesus told us that at the end of time, it'll only get worse. 
Luke tells us that. Timothy's gospel tells us that. We know that it's only going to get worse, but I'm going to be one in the end, in the midnight hour. I'm declaring it right now that AOL is going to be one, a Daniel, that no matter what kind of stuff comes up in the world, we're going to stand for righteousness and we're going to stand for the truth. So open your Bibles to Daniel chapter 2. Daniel chapter 2. Is it all right if we just read the word together? And I want to encourage you. We're coming into a time and day. Think about this. I thank God for my iPad and my phone where I have the word. Because uh, sometimes I don't have this on me. But we're coming to a time. Think about it. If they do away with the internet, you won't have it. You need one of these old-fashioned babies right here. I <clears throat> thank God for the word. I love the way it I love the way it smells. Amen. It says in the second year of 604 BC of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams which troubled and disturbed his spirit, interfered with his ability to sleep. How many of y'all know the things of this world don't work? I'm telling you, there's people that are not sleeping, and lots of times it's because there's an open door somewhere. Jesus said this, come to me, all you who are weary laden, and I will what? Give you rest. I'm, 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 I'm not saying this morning, please uh, be careful, but I, I want to be careful with this. I want to be compassionate. There is maybe some things that are heavy on you, but I want to tell you, the Bible says this, cast all your care on him for he cares for you. And I believe this, you can leave here today with freedom, knowing and lay your head on your pillow and your sleep would be sweet. I'll tell you, I sleep great at night. I had a nightmare the other night, the only one that I had, and this was the nightmare. I was talking to a guy football down in the lobby, and I had a dream that night that I went to an Eagles game, and I had Eagles gear on, Philadelphia. (laughs) I have weird dreams, but I don't have anything that messed me up. I'm telling you, you got to be, I'm just telling you, things of the world, they don't work. And he's obviously not serving God, so the enemy's coming to him in his sleep. But Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. How many of y'all know we need to go to Jesus? It says, then the kings gave a command to call the magicians, the enchanters, the sorcerers, and the Chaldeans to tell the king his dreams. So they came in and stood before the, the, the king. So people would know this at this particular time if you study it. The Chaldeans were the most educated people of their time. They had a lot of sense, maybe not common, but they had sense. It said, the king said to them, I had a dream and my spirit troubled and anxious to know the content and meaning of the dream. Then the Chaldeans said to the king in Aramaic, O king, live forever. Tell the dream to your servants and, I'll, and we will declare the interpretation. The king replied to the Chaldeans, my command is firm and unchangeable. If you do not reveal to me the content of the dream along with its interpretation... You shall be cut into pieces, and your houses shall be made of heap and rubbish. But if you tell me the content of the dream, along with its interpretation, you shall receive from me gifts and rewards and great honor. So tell me the dream and its interpretation. He says, you tell me the dream of what I dreamed. This is what they're saying. You tell me what you dreamed, and we'll give you the interpretation. Can I tell you, just looking at this text right now, I already know this, that you should not have sorcery or magic of any kind inside of your life. But you also need to know this. You need to be careful of who you share your dreams with. Because you might get some squirrely interpretation that has no biblical meaning behind it. That's why it's so important. And I'm speaking to the internet, as obviously to all of you in here. It is demonic to get involved in tarot cards. 
It is demonic. Are you hearing me this morning? To get involved in astrology. It is demonic to go to palm readings. Because I'm telling you, uh, there are... There is limitation of what the enemy can do. They are asking for something that only the Lord can do. I'm telling you, you are opening a door to all kinds of heaps of mess in your life. You want to? You don't think you sleep now? Go go to a tarot card reading. All right. <clears throat> it says um, so they won't. The, they wouldn't interpret your dream. He's saying, I want you to know what kind of dream I had. So in verse 7, they answered again, let the king tell the dream to his servants and we will explain this interpretation to you. The king replied, I know for certain that you are bargaining for time because you have seen that my command to you is firm and irrevocable. If you will not reveal to me the content of the dream, there is but one sentence for you. For you have already prepared lying and corrupt words and you have agreed together to speak them. Before me, hoping to delay your execution until the situation is changed. Therefore, tell me the dream first, and then I will know with confidence that you can give me its interpretation. Verse 10, the Chaldeans answered the king and said, There is not a man on earth who can tell the king this matter, for no king, lord, or ruler has ever asked such a thing as this of the magicians, the enchanters, or the Chaldeans. Verse 11, furthermore... What the king demands is as unusual and difficult thing indeed. No one except the gods, little g, can reveal to the king in their dwelling it is not with flesh, not with mortal flesh. But look at verse 12. Because of this king was indignant and extremely furious and gave a command to destroy all the wise men of Babylon. This is when you know he's not being conducted, all right? If you won't tell me, if you won't go along with the dream that I'm having or the... Uh, my beliefs, my manipulation, everybody who is not going to help me fulfill what I want to do, I'm getting rid of all of you. This is the world today we're living in. The devil has no new tricks. Everybody say no new tricks. So the decree went out that the wise men were to be killed, and they looked, and Daniel and his companions put them to death. Then Daniel replied with discretion and wisdom. This is, I want to tell you, you know how you get discretion and wisdom? All we know about Daniel up until this time is he said no to the king's wine. He said no to the king's food. And he said no to the king's books. So we know this. He's only a year in. This is one year later. The king has a bad dream. He's saying, I'm getting rid of all of you. But with discretion and wisdom. One who stood for the things of righteousness. The Bible says with discretion and wisdom to Arioch. The captain of the king's bodyguard, whom had gone out to ex- execute the wise men of Babylon. He said to Arioch, the king's captain, why is the decree from the king so harsh and urgent? Then Arioch explained the matter to Daniel. I know this is, you may think this is too much Bible, but I think it's great. I mean, I'm thankful for the word of God. It says, so Daniel went in and asked the king to appoint a date and give him time so that he might reveal to the king the interpretation of the dream. He said, give me some time. My life's on the line. Give me a little time. How many of y'all know it's important that we spend a little time with the Lord? Amen. He said, then Daniel returned to his house and discussed the matter with Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, his companions. Like I said before, be careful who you share your dreams to. But I love this right here. My life's on the line. Take me to church. 
Forsake not the assembling of saints together. How many of y'all know they're having a church meeting? The whole world is going crazy. He's killing everybody that calls himself a magician, one who calls him enchanters, anybody who has prophesied up until this point and spoke life. He's getting rid of all of them. But he says, give me some time and give me some time with the people of God. Aren't you thankful that you can have some time with the people of God this morning to build your faith? <clears throat> and so he said, in order that they might speak, seek compassion, Compassion from the God of heaven regarding the secret so that Daniel and his companions would not be executed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. So what they're doing is having a prayer service. How many of y'all know when your life is on the line, you can have a prayer service that changes the heart of God? How many of y'all know every time we get together, we ought to pray like our life is on the line? Because he is the author of breath. And if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't be breathing anyway. And he says, you know what? All of this, I don't want to go anywhere else, but I want to have a prayer meeting. In fact, I want to invite you this week. I'm, we're we're going to fast and pray uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, coming to church Sunday. But we're going to have prayer here at 7 o'clock, Thursday morning, Friday morning, Saturday morning, and obviously prayer. We're going to have our corporate prayer on, on Sunday night because I believe this. God's still not done with America. Amen. God's still not done in your family. Whatever you're believing God for, we're going to pray and fast together. But I want to see this. Want you to see right here that this moved the heart of God. He took it to God. Nebuchadnezzar took it to bed. He took it to God. Can I tell you? I hope you get something out of this this morning. That if you're going to be a marked person, don't take it to your neighbor. Take it to God. You know, lots of times I I, I just pet peeve right now. I'll preach my guts out on this on a Sunday morning. I see on Sunday afternoon that Miss Bertha Better Than You will put their problems out there on Facebook. Can I, tell, can I speak for 99.9% .9 of us? Nobody cares. Can I just be real honest with you this morning? Nobody. People are skimming past that. In fact, people are showing praying hands and praying. They ain't praying for you. They're liars. They're liars. You know who you need to take it to? The King of kings and the Lord of lords. One thing that I learned from Judy, people come to me and I, Pastor, they say, Pastor, I want, you to, I want you to pray this with me. Or I want you to believe God for this with me. I say, all right, what scripture are we standing on? Well, that's why I'm coming to you. Listen, you don't have to come to me for a scripture. That's why you should have one inside of your house. You ought to be standing on the word of God. Before you go to the preacher, go to God. Before you go to Facebook, go to God. Before you go to the news, come on, go to God. How many of y'all know he's here for us this morning? Yes. For such a time as this. <clears throat> okay. So, they have a prayer service. They move the heart of God. Wouldn't it be something if we came together in unity and prayed what could happen and save the lives of people? It says in verse 19, Then the secret was revealed to Daniel in a vision in the night. You know why the secret was revealed? Because he what? He went first, went to God. Imagine that. In a vision in the night, and Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel answered, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and power belong to him. You know why they wrote about Daniel in verse 14? Then Daniel replied with discretion and wisdom. You know why it can say this of him, for wisdom and power belong to him? Because he spent time with the one that wisdom comes from and power comes from. And because of that mark on his life, they write about him that he had discretion and wisdom. <clears throat> I love this text right here. 
He doesn't go straight to the king. He goes to God and begins to bless him. What would it look like if you just in your, in, in, on a Monday say, God, I thank you. There's people out there that are not eating, but God, you've given a meal right here in front of me. What would it look like if we just, if we started being thankful for the things that we have? Many times on our vacation this last week, me and Brandy on the bus, on trolley rides and different things. God, we thank you. Because of you, we get to do what we do. Amen? So it says, it is he who changes the times and the seasons. It's who? It's he. It's him. It's God. He removes kings and establishes kings. He removes kings and he establishes kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. Verse 22. It is he who reveals the profound and hidden things. He knows what is in the darkness and the light dwells within him. I thank you and praise you, O God of my fathers, for you have given me wisdom and power. What did it say of him? That he had discretion and power, or discretion and wisdom. Why did he have it? Because he called on that one, the Lord. Even now, you have made known to me what we requested of you, for you have made known to us the solution to the king's matter. You know what we need to take time in our life? We need to take time and just slow down and look up. Before you freak out, get dramatic. I'm speaking to a choir right now. Ay, 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 ay. All right? Hey, I traveled this week. Masks are taking a com- making a comeback. All right? I'll, I'll tell you that right now. I'm just going to tell you there, there is something in the future for us. I promise you COVID's making a comeback. I'm not speaking that in faith. I'm just saying I know this, right? Yep. Election infection is here. And so... You know what? Rather than freaking out, let's do this. But God. I love this. His life's on the line. Other people's life's on the line. And he gets the answer. He doesn't run straight to the king. He runs straight to the king of kings and the Lord of lords. How many of y'all know that's important that we come in on a Sunday morning and we lift our hands and we lift our voice and we praise him for the things that he's done in our lives? You know what? I, I love it. On a Sunday morning to lift my hands, get on my knees and praise God because that's my time between me and him because, he, because I can thank him of the thing that he did the Sunday before when I spent time in his presence. Amen? Let's slow down. Let's look up. It says in verse 24. I'm going to read the rest of this, not all the way through the chapter, but then I want to preach on a few things. It says, So Daniel went to Arioch, whom the king had appointed to destroy the wise men of Babylon. He went and said this to them. Do not execute the wise men of Babylon. Bring me before the king and reveal, and I will reveal to the king the interpretation of his dream. Then Arioch hurriedly brought Daniel before the king and said to him, Found a man among the exiles of Judah who can explain the king the interpretation of the dream. The king said to Daniel, whose Babylonian name was Belteshazzar, Are you able to reveal to me uh, the content of the dream which I have seen And its interpretation. Daniel answered the king and said, Regarding the mystery about which the king has inquired, neither the wise men, enchanters, magicians, nor astrologers are able to answer the king. But there is a God in heaven. Drop the mic. Come on, get that in your heart. 
I, I, I'm sorry, Wendell, but I can't tell you what's going on. And I don't know what we saw before. Well, can I tell you, Dr. Enchanter, can I tell you this? There's a God in heaven. Hey! There's a God in heaven. My marriage, is, my marriage was on, on the brink. It was over. We threw in the towel. The white flag had flown. There's no more. But there was a time where God brought us back together. And I can't tell you that it was because of this counselor or that counselor or Dr. Phil or Oprah Winfrey. But I can tell you that there is a God in heaven. That what God put together let no man separate. Come on, I'm talking to a church people, hopefully this morning, that if we're going to be a marked people, we can't rely on the things of this world. we got to rely on the Word of God that says there is a God in heaven that is the healer of my body. That's my Redeemer that sets me free. Come on. I was in alcohol and drugs and living a different life, Daniel. But you can say this. It might have been helped through Daniel Spiller. It may have been helped through Life Challenge. But he says this. There's a God in in heaven. Woo! Come on, if you're going to be a marked people, you ought to be so marked that when you show up with the answer that only God reveals through wisdom, that you say this, it's not because I'm so smart, because God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. It's because I serve a God in heaven. I don't serve a little G God that's a fat gold Chinese man inside the buffet. I don't serve a Muslim dead God. I serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords that's still alive today and sitting at the right hand of the Father. Are you hearing me this morning? Man, you're getting something out of the word. I hope you are. Only the Lord. He said, but there's a God in heaven who reveals secrets. I love that scripture. It says this. Uh, he who speaks in an unknown tongue speaketh the mysteries. Secrets. And he has shown King Nebuchadnezzar that will, what will take place in the latter days. This was your dream and the vision in your mind while on your bed. As for you, O king, as you were lying on your bed, thoughts came into your mind about what will take place in the future. And he who reveals secrets has shown you what will occur. But as for me, this secret has not been revealed to me because of my wisdom and greater. I love it. He goes back to the Lord. My wisdom is greater than any other living man. But in order to make the interpretation known to the king, and so that you may understand fully the thoughts of your mind. And so he begins to tell him this dream that he had. He tells the king's dream. He said, you saw this big this statue or this big image, and the head of it was gold. The chest and arms were made of silver. Talks about his belly and thighs being bronze. You can read it. Go home and read this. I'm going to skip past this, but he said the legs were made of iron. And what he's doing, he's prophesying 480 year, 83 years into the future that comes to pass. But at the end of it, or at the beginning of it, there's a rock that stands and the rock beats them all to pieces. The rock comes against the gold. The rock comes against the bronze. The rock comes against the silver. The rock comes against the iron. And the, the head that was gold, it's the Babylonian empire. And the chest and the arms that was the silver, it was the Medo-Persian empire. This all came to pass. He talks about the belly and the thighs, the bronze being the Greek empire. And of course, he even prophesies about Alexander the Great in, in that. And then the iron, the legs, is the Roman empire that Jesus goes up to that time. But the Bible says that the rock, in the days of those kings, God of heaven, will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed. 
the rock shows up on the scene, and it's Jesus of Nazareth. How many of you know the rock is still alive today? And I'm not talking about the one you smell what the rock is cooking. I'm talking about the light of life. I'm talking about Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And the Bible says that the rock will stand forever, and he beats all those other kingdoms. All of them. How many of you know he beats them all? You know, the Bible doesn't necessarily say anything about America, but I believe this about America. Israel was the nation that God chose, but America has always been the nation that chose God. And because of that, that's, that means we stand on the rock. Now, we may not in our culture of where we are today, but I believe there's still hope for America. But going back over this text, I was thinking, and, and then in verse 46, I'm going to end with this in, in, in the reading. It says, Then King Nebuchadnezzar fell face downward because of the wisdom, because of the power, because of the discretion that came from this marked man, Daniel. As a great prophet of the highest God and gave orders for an offering and fragrant incense to be presented to him. Verse 47, the king answered Daniel and said, most assuredly, your God is the God of gods. Notice he didn't say your God is my God because we see in verse 3 that obviously his God was not Daniel's God. But he said, your God is the God of gods and the Lord of kings and a revealer of mysteries. Since you have been able to reveal This mystery. Just real quick, there's three different things that I want to share with you real quick about this text that I see. Especially in a time right now that we are dealing with some crazy stuff happening in the world. Woke stuff, right? Would you all agree with that? But there's something on uh, about Daniel in this particular text. And I can't wait. You be here next week. I got fire in my belly about the next text. But there's something about this one. In chapter 2, the first thing, because I'm going to tell you, there's going to be time in the future, people of God, that you're going to feel like your life is on the line. And you need to be reminded of that this morning. You're going to need to be reminded of that five years down the road. You're going to be reminded of that until Jesus comes back. But I see Daniel, and there's something that he stood for as a marked man. Number one, write it down. God is still on the throne. I need more amens than that. Number one, God is still on the throne. I want to tell you, God is still at work and God is still in control. Job 19, 25, I read it to you a while ago. But as for me, I know that my Redeemer lives and that he will stand upon the earth at last. God's intentional. And when he's doing something, he's intentional. When he's not doing something, he's intentional. When he's doing something, he's doing something. Something's happening. But when something's not happening, how many of y'all know something's still happening? He's the Alpha and he's the Omega. That means he's the beginning, he's the end. Can I tell you, he's also God in the middle of it all. So you need to be reminded of that. Jesus loves the little children. Can we go to Sunday school this morning? All children of the world. Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children. All right, Baptist, you ready for another one? He's got the whole world. He's got the whole. I feel like choir director. He's got the whole world 
in his hands. He's got the whole world in. Well, Pastor, I read Fox. I, I saw Fox News this morning. I want to tell you, God's still on the throne. God's still on the throne. He's got the whole world in his hands. Let that song rise up inside of your spirit. You don't understand the, the, the report I got from the doctor. He's got the whole world in his hands. Come on, get it in your heart this morning. Do I need to send you back to Children's Church? You need to leave here. I want it stuck inside of your head, like the most annoying song in the world, but it's not. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's still on the throne. He's still the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's still the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And when nothing's happening, something's happening. When something's happening, doesn't mean that nothing's happening because something's happening in the earth today of what God's doing. God's still on the throne. He's still on the throne. It may seem like chaos. It may seem like disorder. But as a marked person, you've got to have it in your heart that God is still on the throne. Number two is this. God wants to use you to speak and live faith in a confused world. You can't just speak it, but you've got to live it. I read a book, great book this last week called Don't Limit God. Actually, I've read it twice already. It's like 100 pages, 125 pages. It's so good. But in the text... He gives an analogy of this man who is from the mountains. He's a mountain man. I don't know, it was West Virginia or something like that, but it was a cold place. And those of you that have ever been to cabins in the mountains, we know this, that they have a, uh, a wood stove to keep things hot. And this man comes down. He comes down to the valley, and he comes to this meeting in the summertime, and he notices a man go over to a box, and every time he would touch it, there would be cold air that would come to the room. So after the service, this hillbilly, this, this mountain man, goes over to him. He says, hey, what's that thing you touch? And Eric fills the room. He said, it's called a thermostat. He said, where do I get one? He said, you can get them at any home, home goods store or home department, Home Depot, Lowe's, something like that. They sell them. So he goes. He asks for a thermometer. They sell him a thermometer. He goes up to his house in the mountains in the middle of July. It's hot. He mounts it to the wall. He turns it down. Nothing happens. There's no air that fills the room. He takes it back to the home goods store, and he says this, you sold me a defective one. It's like, well, what kind of air conditioner do you have? What are you talking about? See, there was no power on the thermostat. Whether that's a made-up story or not, this is a great analogy. Because how many of y'all know the world needs hope? The world needs hope. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. How many of y'all know we need to speak hope? We need to live hope. Right? We need to have hope inside of our homes. But hope without faith is meaningless. You've got to have faith. And I don't know about you, but we have a different perspective as people of God because we have the word of God. God, doesn't want, God wants to use you to speak and live faith in a confused world. Not only am I going to speak faith, speak like I'm a marked man, but in my household I'm going to live like a marked man. Here's a great example. We have a different perspective. This last week, you, you guys know, we, uh, Pastor Brandy and I went on a little trip celebrating our anniversary. We went to Savannah, Georgia. And on Wednesday, when we, when we landed there on Sunday, they said, you came just in time for the hurricane. I'm like, what? There's a hurricane? I didn't even know there's a hurricane coming. And I've been watching the news. Well, on Wednesday, I was down in the lobby 
what they said it was coming in. We watched, we were down on the river of Savannah Tuesday night, and the Weather Channel was down there, and the river was full of people, but they didn't want anybody, they wanted to make it look like a ghost town, that nobody was there. This is the media for you, lying before your face. That place was packed full of people having a big time, but they made it look like nobody was there, all right? And so I go down Wednesday morning, and I said, well, has anything happened yet? There's a New Yorker down there. He said, hey, Texas. He called me Texas. He said, you know, I, hadn't, I never cared about Texans, but I kind of like you. You're a smart aleck, and I love it, all right? Because I gave him a hard time. I mean, New Yorkers are brash, so I'm like, I'm coming back with some heat, big boy. I'm from South, all right? So anyways, we got talking down there, and he said this. I, he goes, you don't want to go outside. It's blowing 25 miles an hour. I said, in Texas, we don't cancel anything. We have picnics in 25 miles an hour, and praise the Lord, it's only 25 miles an hour. He said, well, it's going to get gusts up to 40. And I'm like, we don't even fly kites in 40 miles an hour. We fly them in 90 miles an hour. So you know what we did? They're hunkering down inside the hotel. You know what we did? We had a rental car. We went and explored the city. That's what Amarilloans do during a hurricane in Savannah, Georgia. You know why? Because we have a different perspective. I'm like, thank God it's raining and windy. We're used to dust and 50 times the wind blowing, right? We have a different perspective. Can I tell you, people of God, you've got a different perspective too. When the hurricane of this world starts coming up around us, we have a different perspective. I need more amens than that. If God be for me, then who in the world can be against me? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm more than a conqueror. Come on, we need to stand for righteousness. Stand for the truth. In grace. Come on, amen? But we have a different perspective. Come on, we're not just going to speak faith. We're going to live faith. Write this down. The Holy Spirit is not just for fun. He's for function. He's not just for fun. He's for function. Function to function. Thank God for the Holy Spirit, but if you don't use the Holy Spirit, He's going to be no use for you. Come on, we can't just pray, but we've got to do something about what we're praying about. We've got to pick up the shovel and dig the ditch. So we not only is going to speak faith, we're going to live by faith. No matter what goes on. I mean, in the next nine months, the next ten months, in 2024, the world may all go to hell. But in the Bennett house, we're going to serve the one and true living God. And we're going to expand and go to higher levels. Financially, physically, spiritually. Amen? Come on, who's with me? You can go down that rabbit trail if you want to, but I'm telling you, I'm declaring right now that arena of life and the people of God here that are a marked people are going to higher levels because we're going to speak and live by faith. Don't preach me down when it's good, all right? I love this text in Acts chapter 6. They start, the first church starts in the book of Acts. They begin to have some dissension. They begin to have some struggles and strife. It says in verse 3, it says, Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you even uh, seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. So what did the Holy Spirit do? The Holy Spirit brought in wisdom, full of Holy Spirit and wisdom. 
You know what can the Holy Spirit can do in your life and your family and your business and everything? It can bring order into chaos. Let's not just speak, speak faith. Let's live by faith. Here's the last one. I'm coming to a close. What I see about Daniel in this particular text right here is he stands and goes before the king. I love it when he blesses the Lord. And he says in verse 20, he says, Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. And he changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings and raises up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals deep and secret things. He knows what is in the darkness. All light dwells with him. Grandma, I want to tell you something this morning. Grandpa, I want to tell you something. Young mom, young dad. Everybody in the room. Number three is this. God has you here for such a time as this. If God wanted you here 50 years ago, he would have had you here. But God entrusts you so much that he has you here for such a time as this. And you young, parent, you young people out there, like, I don't want to bring a kid into this world. I pray that your womb comes fruitful. And you have babies. Because in Jeremiah 29, during a time of exile, he said, what did he say? He said, build houses and have children. I'm telling you, you may be going woke all around us, but we've got to raise up an army. We've got to raise up an army. And God has us here for such a time as this. The world is loud, but I believe this. The word is louder. The word is louder. God has me here. He, he, he begins to thank God. I believe this may be a sketchy situation. Lord, I know that I've got to hear from you in order to live. But you know what? There's no other time that I would rather be alive than at this moment right now. And thank God for the time that you're here today. Don't just curse the darkness, but bring light to the darkness. There's an opportunity in the middle of disorder today. How many of y'all know there is an opportunity in the middle of disorder today? I'm going to say it again. There is an opportunity, man of God, woman of God. There is an opportunity in the middle of disorder today. What I love about the text in John chapter 12, how many of y'all know Jesus was all man, but he was all God as well? It's part of scripture in the book of Matthew. He said, Lord, please take this cup from me. It's more than me. And the Bible tells us in John chapter 12 and verse 27 is Jesus, before he goes to the cross, as he's praying in the garden, he said, now my soul is troubled and what shall I say? This is in red print. So I know that he's speaking this out loud. How many of you have ever been in that place before where you have to talk your mind, your will, and emotions into the thing that you're supposed to do? This is Jesus. He said, Father, save me from this hour. Self-talk. He's saying, Lord, save me from this hour. But look what it says. Jesus, still red print. He says, but for this purpose, I came to this hour. There is a purpose for the hour that you're living in today. There is a purpose for the hour that you're living in today. There is a purpose for the hour that you're living in today. There's a purpose. You may not understand what's going around. I, I, I don't either. 
But what I do know is this. I know that God is still on the throne. He's got the whole world in his hands. Jesus loves the little children, all the little children of the world. Red and yellow, black and white. They are precious in his sight. Don't be pulled away by what's going on in this world. God's still on the throne. God's still on the throne. This week, you'll be, you, you'll be swayed and pulled in a direction. I'll tell you, God is still on the throne. God's still on the throne. God wants you. God wants to use you. Not just the preacher. Not just the, the layman. Not just the elder. God wants you to use you to speak life and speak faith. And live. Speak and live by faith. I'm not only going to speak it out. I'm not only going to be the thermostat. But I'm going to have the power of the Holy Spirit behind it. Through faith. To live it out so people see the mark on me. My family. Number three. Exactly that. God has you here for such a time as this. Go ahead and stand to your feet. God has you here for such a a time as this. One last thing I wanted to share. One of, the, one of the reasons that Brandy and I know I've told a lot of stories about being in Georgia. I love Georgia. Audra, I knew I'd get one from the Georgia peach back there for sure. But it's a great place. In fact, I texted her and I said, I love this place. But one of the things that drew me to go, go there with Brandy was this. Was... During the Civil War, General Sherman was fighting for the Union against the Confederates uh, for Lincoln in the South, and in the North was, was Grant. But, and, and I read this story about Sherman. Sherman, he goes to Atlanta and he kills the Confederates. He beats the Confederates. He sets Atlanta on fire, which 90% of it burned up. You go to Atlanta today, history, there's only like 10% of it left from when it began. Went to Augusta, did the same thing. But when he got to Savannah, he wrote back to Lincoln and he said this. It's the most beautiful place I've ever been in my life. And he, he wrote back to him and said, I'm gifting you this for Christmas. When the war is over, because of what you did, I'm bringing you to Savannah to see how beautiful it is. And it is. It's a beautiful place. And he, he, he saved it. He saved Savannah because of the beauty around it. You know what I like to think? I'd like to think that God has set us aside for such a time as this. That God has saved you for such a time as this. Because of the beauty, because of the mark that's on the inside of you. I want to be a marked person. Come on, I want to live a marked life. That others around me see Jesus on the inside of me. Come on, I'm trying to build your faith this morning. I'm trying to build your faith this morning that God is still on the throne. I'm trying to build your faith this morning that we're going to speak and live uh, faith. I'm trying to build your faith this morning. Come on, that God has you here for such a time. Let's not just be the thermostat, but let's have faith on the inside of power to change and make a difference. You can't make a difference unless you are different. Amen? Well, we want to thank you for joining us on our podcast today. 
We pray that you heard from God and that this message was for you. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave us a review. It helps us reach more people with this message. Arena of Life takes pride in connecting to God, to church, and to people. And we want to connect with you. So don't forget to check us out on all social media platforms, to check out our website, arenaoflifechurch.org, and to download the Church Center app and to choose Arena of Life as your church. And a special thanks to those who make a difference by giving generously. You help us change lives and produce weekly content like this that reaches the world. If you're interested in partnering with us, you can give by clicking the link in our bio through the website arenaoflifechurch.org or through the Church Center app. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.